Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced. From the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support, the new Super Beats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. <laughs> because politics needed a rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Girl on the Gov, the podcast. Happy <laughs> Wednesday. Samantha, how are you? I am good, but I have a lot of information that I need to oh, share. We have that an I immediate think PSA, be... everybody. Immediate PSA happening right now as we speak. Let's hear it. See, this is, by the way, side note, why I really need to get like a loudspeaker, like one of the, oh, you no. know, I know I'm not allowed. No, I think but... we're, we're making sure that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Whatever. For this Back PSA, to the immediate just... PSA. Immediate PSA is there are quite a few events coming up that are political, they're fun, they're cool. They will give you. And in New York City. A. And New York City. Yeah. yeah. So this is only for our New Yorkers. I'm so sorry. It's just how the cookie crumbled this time. Obviously, we're keeping our eye out for other events and are planning other events in other cities. Okay. Coming up first, first, February 26th, congressional candidate Alexander Hunt, Alex Hunt. She is going to be in New York for a meet and greet. It's going to be at Solas, which is like a fun bar in Lower East Side, East Village kind of border area. And tickets for students slash like young professionals, $50, has like the whole range, basically, you know, great fundraiser meet and greet. We're gonna put the link in the description. To that point, March 1st, another one of our Girl in the Gov the Podcast alums is hosting a campaign kickoff. So Congressman Swazi is also doing a campaign kickoff event in Midtown. So we love to see it because this is a really like interesting event. If you've never gone to one, if you're like, what's that like? Like, how do people network in politics? Like, what's, like, how do people get amped about campaigns and whatnot? Like, is it a pep rally? Like, you know where to find the link. It's in the description. Scroll, 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 find it, click it, RSVP. That one is March 1st. And then, last, but certainly not least, March 12th, 
we are having an event at Y7 and Flattered. It's going to be a live show, so you get to meet us too. Woo! <laughs> and you also get to learn about the midterm elections, what we need to know, what are the important dates, what's the important 411, like why is this so important? How to get your friends involved? All of that, Michigas. We're going to be having our friend Brian on. So if you loved our episode with Brian Derek, hello, more Brian. Then you're going to get to meet our friend Zach, who is at the next 50, which is a super awesome pack as well. So we love to see it. And then, of course, we are having Sarah Haig from Vote Mama, another pack, which is super awesome that you're supporting. Amazing. Uh, God, I can't even breathe. I'm speaking so fast. Somebody send me my inhaler. <laughs> oh my god okay anyways housekeeping is exhausting it's exhausting this is why i don't clean yeah i'm just saying this is why i'm sitting i fully like sweat when i like vacuum and when i mop and shit like it's a full-blown workout but sorry i keep going anyways i digress to finish off this little event moment sarah hay from vote mama is going to be there as well so three rock stars then our two beautiful faces and then obviously we're doing hot yoga because that is the ish and we love y7 it's super fun it's also like the cutest studio the flatter one especially instagram moment central tickets for that event are also in the description and we hope to see you guys there so that's the that's the sweep up wow surely swept it up i mean while we're on the housekeeping <sighs> train obviously burn ambassador program if you guys want resume boosters political connections and a political community come join our brand ambassador program there are no requirements and we are just building this community so go to girlonthegov.com um, and check out our brand ambassador page and sign up there also if you're looking for a summer internship and you can get college credit then please check out our Social media, PR, research, marketing, all the things, internship, literally all the things internship. I think that's what it's called now. Yeah, go check it out at girlinthegup.com slash careers and you can email us there with your resume and all the details. I think those are the housekeeping items. It's kind of like out of order for us to start with them, but. It is. And I also have like one additional one. This one's like, I don't know if this is housekeeping. It's like half and half. It's a little this, it's a little that. We need a name for our listeners for you Oh my guys. God, Sam, like, I have been thinking about this like so much. I'm like, right? I'm like, what oh do we God. call you guys? Like, what do we call us? The Govers? <laughs> I literally, I hate that is it. the I hate only, it. I hate it. It's so bad. And part of it, guys, like, so we're both like huge fans of Giggly Squad. So we love them. Mm-hmm. And Obsessed. they call like their listeners the gigglers and then they always yeah. like make fun of it at the beginning of the episodes like kind of like the gagglers the, 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 whatever and it's like i don't know i am always walking on the street like having my hot girl podcast walk yeah laughing to myself looking like a moron so, oh no same anyways. i like actually look schizophrenic but also i am sure we have some toasters that listen to our show like morning toast toasters mm-hmm. like there's just such good names out there and i'm like what what is ours? I feel like I don't know if like our girl in the gov, like if that can be changed into a name, but I'm open to it being like an outlier of our actual yeah. brand name. But any ideas? Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Please comment, DM us, email us, literally carry your pigeon. Like we need to know immediately what mm-hmm. what you guys would like to be called. Need a whole focus group on this. I've been thinking about it so I... much. That's so funny you raised that point. I love that literal mind melds especially because i was like listing i was catching up on giggly and i was like god damn it like how do we how are we this far in and we don't have a fun you know name for us but yeah i feel like and then govers the only thing that comes to mind and i'm like no no that sounds it's just not it and i feel like this is oof, god (laughs) that's remind me of gilmore girls Mm. Gov girls, I, I don't know. Govers, good. Our gov- the, the GGs, the the GG Hadiths. No, the, I don't know. See, clearly mm-hmm. we need help, and we just if you guys have ideas, let us know. The wheels are gonna be turning, and mm-hmm. the idea factory is bustling right now. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably talk about Trump's baloney. Yeah, there is just like a little tidbit of of news we just want to like bring up here in our intro because Mm. Trump's new social media app, which we have mentioned before, is now in the app store, folks. So I'm for sure going to download it because I just need to see. And can we just talk about the name for a second? Talk about like branding, talk about names. Truth Social. That's what it's called. (laughs) It sounds like a cult. 
You guys, Truth Social, the app developed by former President Donald Trump's new media company, it's available now in the in the app store. And it's basically, the app says it's America's big tent, hmm. which like, again, talk about slogans, talk about names. I hate it. It doesn't make any sense. I don't like camping. So this is clearly not for me. Yeah, clearly. I don't even like glamping. Yeah, so social media platform that encourages an open, free, and honest global conversation without discriminating against political ideology. Why can I never say that word? Ideology? <laughs> ideology. <laughs> um, I'm absolutely well, six feet under the ground. I don't want to talk about it. Anyways, <laughs> numerous user accounts have emerged um, since Monday. Stop. It's my personality what? trait. It's my like toxic <laughs> personality trait. I can't pronounce anything. Just simply fuck off. <laughs> um, God. All right, all right. Wait, listen to this. So it says after after Trump's news network was announced in October, a version of the site briefly became accessible to the public, allowing people to create accounts and claim usernames. <laughs> One account <laughs> under the handle Donald J. Trump posted a photo of a pig defecating that's giving black mirror um i just this is comical i'm so excited to just watch this watch trump on his social media journey and and his big tech journey i don't know what are what are the thoughts i okay i i have definitely like a lot of thoughts there was this op-ed and it was talking about sort of the like importance maybe importance is the wrong word but like the relevance of sort of knowing where your enemies are at in a way like if you can at least see what's going on you can control it a little bit better and you can control the narrative and you can also figure out how to respond to the narrative but when things get like pushed into little silos all over the place it actually gives like extremes what they want because it like shows like oh well like see we have a reason to exist like these people are pushing us out of these spaces like see we are being like you know quote unquote like persecuted which is obviously bullshit but you get what i'm saying i mean i was just thinking about that too how like i feel like i haven't seen or heard trump in so long but then i like see random news stories where he's like still doing his rallies and still out there and it's like his base is he's entrenched in their lives still very much but like because i haven't seen him anywhere or seen him come across my normal platforms and things that I'm on like I just feel like he's doesn't exist anymore but he sure as hell does he sure as hell does and that's a little bit scary to think about that like we've just he's just been hidden from us but like he's not gone there's literally the phrase or whatever and I'm gonna classically butcher it like you butcher pronunciations and I yeah you butcher phrases yeah let's make one of you for that (laughs) the amount of times that we're on a call and I like say something where I'm like that was literally just not a phrase that <laughs> I just made it up. That was... I'm so sorry for any of our business partners that have literally witnessed me doing that. Give us the like, speed. Yeah. That was, I think, last week. <laughs> Maybe last week or the week before, if anyone caught it. That was, was like, so you work for this bad. Org, blah, blah, blah. Give us the speed. What? <laughs> Ma'am? <laughs> you made sense in my head, and then I said it, and as I was saying it, I was like, Okay, nope. okay. No. Okay. We're equal. Anyways, we're fair. It's fair. Nice. Which about like the phrase there? It's like keep your like enemies closer. What is that phrase? Keep your friends close and your enemies Close, closer. Enemies closer. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of yeah. how I feel about this. In general. Yeah, I definitely want to go check this app out after after we're done here and just take a little rabbit hole moment and just see what's up and see how it functions. It says here um, the beta site for Truth Social shows a platform similar to Twitter's and it's including truths and likes instead of tweets and likes. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So I mean it totally makes sense that like he clearly got kicked off a tw- kicked off Twitter and now he's creating a Trumpian Twitter. I feel as though when you brand something as truths and you like continuously see it, someone then therefore like you know you associate truth with fact and then you start thinking things are fact that are not in fact facts like i see how that branding really spirals that yeah so dangerous like 
culty behavior. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, the psychology on that is one, two, three, hello. But one, two, three, hello. Yes, you please. That is a prime, like Samantha in the wild making up a phrase. You just heard it here first, folks. So. Well, let's get into our show. Before we do, definitely want to give a shout out to Wink because don't forget that you guys can go and get four wines for $29.95, which is an absolute steal of a deal. Love what I just said there. Um, (laughs) And Wink is a wine subscription and it crafts 200 plus wines a year based on your tastes. Again, this is 21 plus club. Also always preface that. They come right to your door. They're absolutely delicious super cute branding they look cute on your shelves and you guys i just can't even tell you 29.95 for four bottles from the get-go Love what, it. what are you waiting for so if you just follow the link in our episode description you can go get those wines for your 29.95 and be on your way to deliciousness we love it and also if i'm gonna throw a personal wreck in there summer water is so good so if you're a rosé yeah. fan Highly recommend, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And you can drink rosé all year. I don't care what anyone says. Go check them out. Let us know what you think. And twenty nine ninety five, four bottles, period. Period. Link in episode description. And let's get into this episode. We have been so excited. And we are so excited for you guys to listen to. But, like, the timing is just immaculate. Because I know you guys have heard us ramble about, it's midterm year, it's midterm year. Oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. Like, get involved. But, like... This episode will really inspire you to do so because of who we have on. And who we have on is the executive director for Brand New Congress. And that executive director is Adrian Bell. She is super awesome, total powerhouse, former candidate herself. And what they do is they help uplift candidates running at the federal level that are pushing a progressive agenda. So some of their past alums that are in elected office, AOC, might sound familiar. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Jamal Bowman, I mean, it goes on and on and on and like some really awesome people. And then also in addition to that, we've got like alums galore of like their current slate for this particular election that have come on the podcast, have also uh, gone on our Keeping Up With The Candidate series. It's just like, it's like, a, it's like a marriage. Is it a family? I, I think maybe. we're all just a big happy family. And this episode has been a long time coming. Hell yeah. Without further ado, here is Adrian. All right. Well, we are super, super excited to be here. Jump into this conversation about the 2022 midterm elections. There is so much to talk about. But before we do, we want to hear about Brand New Congress. You're the executive director This is an organization that we have had our eyes on. Like, girl, if you could, like, girl crush an organization, (laughs) like, that's how we feel about Brand New Congress. But for those that aren't familiar with its mission and what you do there, can you give us the 411? You know, what's what's the goal? What's the mission? What's the business? Well, thank you so much for having me a part of your program tonight. And thank you for letting me know you've been girl crushing. (laughs) That makes my organization feel proud and the many volunteers that we have that are part of our group. At Brand New Congress, basically we train, we support, and we endorse progressive candidates that are running for federal office in the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate across the country. That's amazing. And how did you get started with this? Like, what is your your kind of political background and ultimately what led you to being executive director of Brand New Congress? Well, in 2017, I recruited and nominated to run for Congress in Texas 14th District with Brand New Congress. Mm -hmm. And so I was part of the initial candidates that we were the first slate of Brand New Congress that included AOC, also included Cori Bush, who are now representatives in U.S. Congress. And so once that started, it's like when once you start running for office and you really realize how much good you can do, how Mm -hmm. much people really need a good representatives that give them hope, that really want to work for working people. It is something that really um, sets a fire off in you. Yeah. And I am a political organizer by heart. And I was the, I started working actually in 2012 with President Obama's reelection campaign. 
And once I realized the power of community organizing, and I had gone to Ohio to volunteer for his campaign, it lit a fire in me. And one that has continued to burn because we organized to give community leaders their own power and to teach them that once the campaign ended, the power of community organizing was just beginning. Mm -hmm. And I love that concept. And I've been able to take what I've learned to continue to train and to teach other organizers how to build infrastructure, how to build political power of what's, you know, what's needed across our country. So when I ran for Congress, I ran again, I was the Democratic nominee in 2018, and I was also the Democratic nominee in 2020 in Texas 14. And after the election, I was tired. Mm -hmm. uh, was tired. <laughs> As I'm sure you were, yes. <laughs> yeah, you kind of wiped out. And after the election, the executive director position became uh, available. And I applied for it and I became the executive director last March for brand new Congress. And we have been building and continue to build the organization. We've got a slate of some very great progressives across the country that I'm really excited to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. Which like I'm am for and like we may have interviewed a few of them, but we will get there. <laughs> In terms of like your day to day, we always like to give our listeners sort of an idea of what different positions in politics look like. Like what is that job that they could maybe one day do look like? And so I'm curious, like now, you know, going from like community organizing, running campaigns, and now you're in this position, like what is A, what has that transition been like? And B, you know, what does that day to day kind of look like? It's a natural transition. One thing I, I advise uh, a lot of uh people, if you really want to know what happens in a campaign, become a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And you will get to see the ins and outs of a campaign. A campaign is a business. You have the marketing, yeah. you have the financial part, you have the CEO. It's every aspect totally. of a business. And wherever your skill set fits, whether it's digital, whether it's being out in the field, yeah. whether it's talking to people, wherever your skill sets fit, you can fit in a campaign. Totally. And so a lot of people who leave from working in campaigns, working as field organizers, they go to the nonprofit environment because the setup is really the same. One thing candidates need is being able to have someone that they can talk with. Mm -hmm. And unless you've been a candidate, candidates understand that uh, because only a candidate can understand what another candidate is going through. It's that's just the way it is. And having an organization that really supports you, supports uh, what you're seeking to do and running for office is difficult. It's not easy. It is not for the timid, uh, but it's so rewarding because you know that you are really working to change and improve the lives of people mm -hmm. so that people can take care of their families. And so when you have that mindset, you have that value, it's a natural transition to be able to work with an organization that brings on candidates that have that same mindset and those same values. So what you start having is just a collective of, of values and a collective that, hey, we need Medicare for all. We need a Green New Deal. We need criminal justice reform. We need to end student loan debt. It just mushrooms and grows mm -hmm. and you become a part of a like-minded uh, group that really just grows and benefits and just really seeks to enhance lives of others. Yeah, totally. I have, when you're training candidates, what does that look, look like? Is like, I, for example, used to work in PR, we would media train our clients. Like, mm -hmm. do you, is that like sort of a part of that role too? Like, are you like media training the candidates? Are you trying to like figure out like, hey, like this is gonna be your door knocking strategy. Like, what is it that like, a candidate needs to sort of think about when they say, you know what, I'm gonna do this, like I'm signing up and I need to figure out what I need to work on. Like what is, what does that conversation look like? What is, what are the steps they take? Candidates get in, in a, a mindset that what have I done? Story <laughs> <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of wake up and go like, what have I done? <laughs> And what we seek to do is to have trainings that meet what the candidates need. A lot of candidates, maybe first time candidates, 
First-time candidates have a totally different uh, need than a candidate who's running in a race that is very popular, a lot of money is rolling in. They're, they're two different campaigns. For a campaign that we like to become involved in, where the candidate is new to running for office, uh, they may need to know how do you hire a camp, I mean, hire campaign staff? What do you look for yeah. in a campaign manager? How do you, how do you message? You know, what type of, if you need a stump speech, what type of things do you need to be able to say in your uh, 30-second elevator pitch? There's just so many different aspects where we really seek to meet the need of an individual candidate of what they need. And then we we come together to where it's building camaraderie amongst the candidates themselves. So you'll have a candidate who's in New York that becomes friends with a candidate who's in Texas. And because of the relationship with brand new Congress, you're able to develop a relationship. And so that's one thing that we're really uh, proud of is that you're not running alone, mm. that you have a slate, you have slate mates who are also running with you and you share a lot of the same struggles. Yeah. Fundraising is really tough in 2021 for candidates. It's off season and you still need the resources to be able to run a campaign, but it's tough. And having a group that you can just vent and say, hey, it's tough and everyone else is experiencing the same thing. It really helps uh, build a candidate and help them continue uh, running through uh, crossing the finish line. Yeah. I love that camaraderie piece of like just having, yeah, like the slate of other candidates running that you can confide in. And I think that's something mm -hmm. that probably a lot of people don't realize is happening behind the scenes too with some of these campaigns, especially with people who are like really taking their first step into politics and it being running for federal office. Like you got to have that community. You um, do. Yeah. It reminds me too of like Knock Down the House and like that whole the show, how amazing that was. But circling back to a brand new Congress and your guys' kind of goals in this really crucial, crazy election year we have on our hands, 2022, what are some of the things you guys are looking to accomplish? Are things different this year? Are you taking new approaches or what's going on? One thing that has happened a lot this year is the uh, constant resignations and yeah. stepping down of a U.S. House members that, yeah. that are not allowing you to be prepared. We've kind of known before that, you know, you have this political environment and this is happening, this is happening. But now we've got representatives who are just resigning and leaving open seats. And of course, an open seat is so much better to be able to run in. Uh, it's so much easier to fundraise in the open seat instead of versus running against an incumbent mm -hmm. who's already in office. And so, but, but our goal, our, our steadfast goal is to get progressives in, whether it's, regardless of where it's located, is to get progressive in, in, in office and that our Congress looks like us. Yeah. You know, we've been overrepresented by a certain race and a certain gender. Our goal is to change that and to really create a brand new Congress that represents all of the people and looks like the people mm -hmm. that they're supposed to represent. Totally. Well, speaking of, too, like the resignations, like has redistricting and that whole mess also been like a factor in kind of your guys' strategy and planning? And like, how has that been with just it's kind of been craziness, right? Well, one thing that has that has hurt or, or helped in redistricting is that you have candidates that who are running for office and the lines change. Uh, for example, Dessa Kelly running in uh, Tennessee in Nashville. And when they redrew the lines, of course, you know, now they're split Nashville into parts. Well, you don't really know that what's gonna actually happen until the state approves the uh, redistricting and you have an area like I live in Texas. Texas is a mastermind of gerrymandering and gerrymandering is taking uh, areas and diluting the votes or the power of the vote of black and brown people. And Texas is a master of that. And so you have these different states that are redrawing lines and putting, putting putting voices of black and brown people in areas to where they know it cannot be a democratic majority. And so when we've had that happen, then you have candidates who have to 
redesign what they're going to do, how they're going to how they're going to win, and, and it changes their pathway to victory. And so it has been very challenging this year. It's been very interesting this year as well. And it's not done. They're still going to, and, and you got to wonder, why is it so many of them resigning this year or retiring? Why has it happened all of a sudden? And so we just want to make sure when, when one of them rolls out and, and retires, that a progressive comes in and takes their place. Yeah, absolutely. A.K.A. hopefully there's some exciting new voices as much as it's like a little scary to be like, oh my gosh, all these people are retiring. It's like, all right, you know what? New blood, let's hear it, let's see it. Like, let's see where these candidates take it. But speaking of, you know, these races and some of the things that matter in terms of getting people elected, I know we touched on fundraising for, you know, a hot second, but we do wanna open up our stupid question segment with a fundraising question. And that is, what is a small dollar donation? You know, like. What qualifies as that? Like, is this something where it's like, I'm giving $5 and if it's above 10, you know, it doesn't count. Is this, you know, what are what are the qualifications for making something small dollar? Small dollar donors are those who we consider as grassroots. It is the pizza delivery driver. It's the worker at Walmart. It is the teacher. It is those who don't normally participate in politics where they don't have the big fundraisers. They can't buy the $5,000 plates, but their hearts are touched by what's going on. And so they are giving out of what they have. And we pride ourselves on having a lot of small dollar donors and not taking money from corporate uh, PACs. And uh, so the small dollar donor, there's not a certain set money amount, you know, where you look it up and it's, you know, like, hey, hey, go, well, what's what's the limit on a small dollar donation? It's not set up like that. Some organizations and a small dollar donor is not just in the political arena, maybe a thousand dollars. It may be five dollars, ten dollars. We look at it. If you if you think back when it really became um, popular, when it was the three dollars, with uh, President Obama campaign, it was re-election campaign, it was $3. And so you have a lot of $3 donors, a lot of $27 donors that you still see today. They're small dollars. And one thing I really I really appreciate when, when you think about it, a person who gives their money is giving of their life because we are paid, paid by like our services and, and what we render. And that's a part of our life. When I'm at work and I'm working, I am giving my life. So when I give my money, I'm giving a part of my life. So we don't take donations lightly because that $5 that you're giving to brand new Congress, you're giving $5 of your life. And I take it very, very seriously. And I'm, I'm very appreciative of all the small dollar donors that do give and they give from, from the heart. Someone who has millions of dollars and donates, well, you know, they got millions of dollars. But when you are a, a grocery store clerk and you give, that means so much more than that million dollar giver. Totally. Because you're giving of your life. Yeah. And like, just while we're on this topic too, can you kind of give also people who maybe haven't given politically before, even if it is $5 or whatever, can you kind of also just shed light on like why that is so important that like, I think it kind of goes back to the conversation of people sometimes even thinking their vote doesn't matter. Like you give $5, mm -hmm. why, why would somebody like think that that's really making a difference? Can you kind of sh like highlight that for everybody to hopefully inspire some small dollar donors? Well, the, the small dollar donor donations, it's a collective effort. And so your $5 and my $5 and her $5 and his $5, they add up. And the monies in campaigns is used for advertising. It's used to pay staff. It's used to get out in the community and, and talk with people. You travel a lot running for office. A lot of candidates still have to work full time or when they stop working, then they're not getting a paycheck. You know, once you, if you're running for a federal office, once you get on the ballot, then you can draw a salary from your campaign. 
It cannot be more than you were earning on your job. But campaigning is a full-time job. And well, it's more than a full-time job because you, you start in the morning and you end late at night uh, doing events. Uh, but every dollar that you give goes toward the efforts of grassroots organizing mm -hmm. and putting together a marketing plans because you know every aspect of a campaign is a business mm -hmm. so everything you think that a business needs a campaign needs every dollar helps every dollar counts we do not appreciate more the thousand dollar giver versus the five dollar giver when we look at the occupation and you see, you know, that a person is an Uber driver. I mean, the people that give to us are not, it's, it's not in the celebrities, it's not in the CEOs, it's in the regular everyday working people that we seek to represent, that we seek to have representatives to represent so that you can make more money, that we're no longer working for $7.25 federal wage, that we're actually working for a living wage. Mm -hmm. yes. And so every dollar counts. If we have donors who give a dollar and a dollar can go a long way yeah. because it's collective. Yes. I love that. Dad. Good. Well, everyone go to your small do dollar donations. We need them. We do want to talk a little bit more about the midterm elections and hopefully the progress we can make at the ballot box. So for our new voters, our old voters, our every voter in between, they might have voted in one election and not the next, whatever their status is that are listening to the show, what is something they should look out for in terms of these races? Like, what is it about this particular midterm election that is so important, so vital that they show up? Every election is important. And every election, uh, when you have candidates in your area on the ballot, it affects, it can affect your livelihood. And we have, I've, I've heard a lot in in campaigning and, and talking to people that I don't do politics mm -hmm. and politics have nothing to do with me. And I would really just talk to them. Okay, did you, you have a car? Yeah. Did you drive on this road? Yeah. Did you stop at a light? Yeah, that's politics. Politics has affected the laws that occur in your area. Politics affects the type of job that you're able to get. Politics affects the air that we breathe. If you're able to have clean drinking water or you don't, that's because of politics. Mm -hmm. The whole situation we have with COVID not being treated as a health crisis, but, a, but it became a political event, that's all politics. And so those who are thinking about voting, thinking about, well, does my vote really matter? Or, you know, they don't really need my one little vote. Yes, you do. Our latest, greatest example, we now have a Congresswoman. Her name is Sheila uh, Sherfulis McCormick. Sheila ran in the special election in Florida. In January, she won by five votes. Wild, Five. genuinely wild. Five, and she is now a progressive representative in the U.S. House of Representatives. And she campaigned on a universal basic income for everyone. And she won by five votes. That's crazy. This was in 2022, so it shows the importance of voting. Every yeah. vote does count. Every vote. And yeah, I mean, sometimes totally. it is hard to really tell when it is like the federal elections. I mean, a lot of times local ones come down to that many votes, but that's crazy that for the House, that's what it ended up as. I mean, that's amazing. But I think such an important lesson to learn of like, yes, every single vote, everyone. Yes. Especially like thinking about like the difference of like five, like five people could cancel a dinner reservation. Like it could be like literally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just like, it's such a small, like, it's like a, ca it's a casual number, yeah. but it like makes such a difference. Or when you tell like your friends, like, you're like, just make sure, like ask five of your friends if they're registered to vote. Like that's right. so easy to do. But right. the fact that, yeah, a literal campaign for the House of Representatives came down to that many votes and that literally could have been one person that made that entire change. Like they got five exactly. of their one friends. One household. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one totally. household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And because of those five votes, we have a new progressive member. And it, you know, it met a goal. And, and Brand New Congress was the only national organization that endorsed her. And we were so proud by when she won with those five votes. And it is like, wow, every vote matters because you're, you know, it's a, it's a saying, but it's a true saying. Your, your vote is your voice. You are saying, this is who I want to represent me. And when you don't vote, you are saying, this is who I want to represent me because we elect people by not voting. And we elect some of the worst people because we're not voting. The turnout in a, a midterm year, like this year when a president is not on the ballot, it is always expected to be low turnout. Mm -hmm. And those that really depend on that, they depend on it being a low turnout. People are not paying attention. Yeah. They don't care. The young people are not going to vote. Uh, that's not true. So we really talk to young people to encourage them to go vote. Voting is a habit mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Once you start voting and you go vote, man, we look at, you know, is it Tuesday? Can we vote for somebody? <laughs> you get into the habit of it. Mm -hmm. And so voting in a midterm election, then when the uh, presidential elections come, well, once you voted, then chances are really great. You'll go vote again. Yeah. I love that. I just like literally have like chills though of like what you just said about how not voting is voting yes. in its own right. Oh my God. Like it's so true. Or that's how it, bad people really are, are like, Yeah, it's by not that's voting. Why, look at the leadership in Texas. Um, <laughs> right. I didn't go vote for any of, any of those folks. But because we have a state that's such a non-voting state, mm -hmm. that's how they're allowed to get in office. That's how allowed to stay in office. We're not turning out to vote. Texas has one of the youngest population of voters. And the voters, the young voters in Texas is going to make the difference. And when Texas changes because of all the electoral votes we have and the, the vastness of our state, it affects the entire nation. Mm -hmm, definitely. And it's going to be the young voters that do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there a reason like in Texas that the voter turnout is so low. Like I know like we could look at like it nationally and I know that there's so many different, you know, reasons from, you know, obviously voter suppression to access we always talk about, especially with a lot of college students that are listeners, how it's very confusing as to like are they supposed to vote where, you know, they're at school versus mm -hmm. like where their full residence is with their parents, you know, there's a lot of confusing elements, but there definitely feel like there are issues state per state and is there anything like in Texas where it's like this is really why like it's such a struggle or even a few reasons? Well, voter suppression is one. The ease of being able to vote. In Texas, you cannot register to vote online. And you can't register same day. You know, some other states you can register and you can vote the same day. Uh, some states you have uh, ballot by mail and, and anyone can vote ballot uh, by mail. Texas doesn't have that, that, that ease of voting. And so there, there ends up being, and you know, we have voter ID to vote. So there's so many restrictions that they make it harder for people to vote. And that's, that's intentional mm -hmm. because when the, you're intentional to make it harder for people to vote, who are you going to restrict the most? Black people, brown people, our uh, seniors. Right now we've got the situation going on with ballots being returned, uh, vote by mail ballots, because they put new requirements on it. Mm -hmm that's really, you know, affecting our seniors. And so we don't have any uniform national laws of being able to vote with ease. Mm -hmm. Voting, you know, if I can bank online, I should be able to vote online. It should just be just that easy. Totally. And so uh, it's- That was a percent. Yeah, it's more effort for us to, to get out to vote. Yeah. And, and it hurts us. Totally. Well, looking at some of the, amazing candidates you guys are working with for this year. A few of them we have had on the show or in our IG Live series, Brittany Ramos-Taberos, Morgan Harper, Melanie DeRigo, Stephanie Gallardo, all amazing. Can you kind of talk about this slate of candidates and what they kind of have in common? Are these, are they the community? Do they, do they talk to each other? Do they vent to each other? What is the dynamic with kind of not only these, these four that like we know, but kind of who you have um, slated across the board for this year. 
Okay, well, let's start in Texas because Texas is voting. And in Texas, we have the two Jessicas. We have Jessica Cisneros, uh, who's running in South Texas. And then we have Jessica Mason, who's running in the Dallas area. And everyone on our slate is a progressive. Everyone stands for Medicare for all. Not accessible health care, not, you know, just health care if you need it, but Medicare for everyone. Everyone on our slate, they share the same values of justice reform. We have some candidates that are in rural areas, such as Erica Smith, who's running in North Carolina too. A lot of times you hear about progressives are only in the urban areas. And Erica is one proving that that's not true. Mm -hmm. You also have progressives in rural areas as well. Let's see, we have Jerry Dickinson, because I'm not leaving anybody out. We have Jerry <laughs> Dickinson in Pennsylvania, Imani Oakley, who's running in New Jersey. Odessa Kelly is in Tennessee. You mentioned Stephanie, she's running in uh, Washington. We have Amy Villela, who's running in Las Vegas in Nevada. Nina Turner, who's running again in Ohio. Morgan is running for Senate. We have Rebecca Parson, who's running in Washington. We have Charles Booker who's running uh, for Senate in Kentucky. We have Malcolm Kenyatta running for the Senate in Pennsylvania, Melanie Delrago in New York. Angelica uh, is running in California. Marsha Williams is also running in a rural area in Illinois. We have Sherman, Azami in California, and then we have Brittany, who you mentioned in New York. Yeah. So they're all progressives. They all believe in working people. They believe in unions. They believe that you should be able to take care of your family and it shouldn't take three jobs to get us there. Mm -hmm. And so it's shared values being a part of our slate. Yeah. And that's, that's what we, we work, you know, we work for. So everyone supports the mission and, and we support uh, them as well. Well, I'm super excited to see where all these campaigns land. I'm very nervous about Texas since you guys are voting right now. But if you are listening to this episode and you are in Texas, get the vote out. Please go Please vote. vote. Please vote. If you have questions as to, you know, finding polling locations and all of that, our DMs are always open. We're happy to help. But speaking of, of course, the elections as a whole and, you know, anyone that's listening trying to figure out, okay, like, how do I figure out who to vote for? Do you have any advice for voters sort of figuring out like who's their best match? Like this is like a BuzzFeed quiz, you know, <laughs> they're doing it themselves, but you know, how do you figure out who you align with and you know, who to sort of show up for? And what? I think that's one of those things that can go across, you know, any, any party, anything like that. It's, you know, how do you figure out how you align? Well, there are organizations that support and endorse candidates. And that's an easy place to start. Uh, the unions, AFL-CIO endorses candidates. If, if you align more with union values, then look at union organizations. What, what you align with, look for organizations that also align the same way. Google them. You can go to our website at brandedcongress.org and you can look at all our candidates. You can go and read about them. You, know, you can go to their pages, you can, you can donate, uh, you can go to their Twitter and you know, hear what they're talking about, who do they interact with. Candidates seem to, to share a lot together. And so you have to, you have to invest some time. It, it is often said that voting is free. Well, it's gonna take some of your time mm -hmm. to really discover who do I wanna vote for and finding some trusted people that you can even ask, you know, tell me about so-and-so, do you know so-and-so? Because those of us in the political circles, you know about different people. And I have people that ask me, well, who do I need to vote for? Tell me about so-and-so. And then, you know, maybe someone that I know. So they don't have to start all of the work. But there are trusted people out in your areas that are a part of uh, political arenas, that are part of uh, young political groups that you can become invested in. But the, the thing is, really find out who's running in your areas. There are websites where you can look up who represents you. And a lot of people have no idea who represents them at the federal level. There is nothing embarrassing about that. If you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's just a lot of people, a lot of people don't even know what happens at the federal level. 
If you don't know, you, you don't know, but you can find out. And candidates are touchable. If a candidate is not touchable, they're not the candidate for you. Mm, you should be able to talk to them and go to events or, you know, talk with them via Twitter or, or some kind of medium. Uh, but if they're untouchable, then they're going to stay untouchable even when they go to office. That's a really so good know, point. Know who you're voting for. Yeah. Before we go, we do want to, of course, give you the platform to plug Brand New Congress. Where can everyone find you? Where can people ask questions? You know, give us the social media handles and all that jazz. Okay. Well, you can find us at brandnewcongress.org on the web. Our Twitter, we're at brandnew535. And if there are those out there who, you know, thinking about, well, you know, I'd love to volunteer. I want to know more about becoming involved politi politically because maybe I want to run for office 10 years. You do start now if you want to run for office. You start thinking about it. You start aligning things so that you can run for office and really think about it and get into building a network uh, because it does take a, a network of people. Uh, and you can follow us. Please follow us on Twitter or follow us on Facebook or come to our, our website and sign up to get information uh, from us. It's brandnewcongress.org. And we are here to represent, to train, to support progressives in federal office so that we can make life in America be the American dream that we've always heard about. Yeah. It's possible. It's that we we have to work together to make that happen. And so it's not it's not happening overnight, but it is happening. Totally. Brand new Congress has your back. If you want to run for office, then start looking into it. But also this year is so important. So make sure you guys follow and check them out and go vote, especially you, Texas. We're talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do March 1st, March 1st. You have to do March 1st to go vote. <laughs> March 1st, March 1st, March 1st. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been amazing. We um, are so excited about this episode and brand new Congress. So it was an honor to talk to you today. Thank you. It was an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for so much for giving me the, the time to just uh, talk about progressive values and why they're needed and to help build a more progressive America, a better America, which we all want. Okay, top stories of the week. Back to some updates on Scrotus. <laughs> Never forgot. Um, that's Scrotus is now named Scrotus. But as you may remember, we recently had a, I'm going to just say Scotus just to be respectful, judge stepped down and Biden has been keeping his eyes peeled for a new nominee to pass through the Senate. So this is an update on, on that. So the headline here reads, Biden quietly courts Republican support for Scotus nominee. So He's actively looking for Republican support for this Supreme Court nominee, and he's doing it very cautiously. So neither party is actually anticipating the ugly battle over SCOTUS nominees that has recently been defining just the high court picks through the years. And White House officials are trying to handle conversations with GOP lawmakers delicately in a way that avoids unwanted attention, which is very interesting and just so off-brand from any of our mm -hmm. attention-seeking elected officials. <laughs> So aides have already um, had to push back on Republican criticism over the president's pledge to choose a black woman to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer, which again reported on the story a few weeks back when all this went down. Biden was one of his campaign promises to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. And the approach also helps shield Biden and his team from potential criticism that they didn't meaningfully engage with Republicans ahead of the pick. So Senator Blumenthal said for the institution, it's important because the Supreme Court has become so polarized that a bipartisan vote might well help to begin to restore some of the credibility it has lost. But I don't think that ought to be a decisive question to the president. Oh, Blumenthal. I don't forget Finsta. It's basically still an open question of how many Senate Republicans would actually support a Democratic pick to the Supreme Court. White House officials and others involved in the process are privately skeptical Oh my God, skeptical, <laughs> there we go. That many will, even as officials have publicly emphasized that they will put forward a nominee deserving of bipartisan backing. I will say it is really interesting 
that their approach here is that they really want it to have this sort of bipartisan vibe to it, given how polarizing the last two people yeah. thrown on the on the bench were. And I think the timing is also interesting going into the midterm elections. Like, if you know, there's anything like maybe it's one strategy to try and bolster this like image of being like bipartisan. No, we are a little more middle of the line. Da, 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 da. I don't know, just some food for thought. In addition to early concerns over the reaction to Biden's pledge, the universe of Republicans, crazy, crazy universe, who have consistently backed his judicial picks is small. And one of those, Lindsey Graham, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to comment. It's openly lobbying for South Carolina Circuit Court Judge Michelle Childs, suggesting that other picks would be quote-unquote problematic the south carolinian south carolinian oh my god i knew that one wow we reverse we reverse that's fine (laughs) you know and just i was testing it out going for a little test drive like what's Mm -hmm. what's the vibe you know (laughs) (laughs) who's consulted with white house counsel dana remus but not by himself publicly predicted that a vote for child would be bipartisan in the meantime the wary approach to republicans has continued and According to White House spokesman Andrew Bates, the president has a unique perspective of a former Senate Judiciary Committee chairman who presided over Supreme Court nominations made by Republicans and Democrats. He has been direct with his advisors that it was a driving priority for him to actively seek the advice of lawmakers in both parties who are asking their consent about a nominee. Yeah, so most Republicans at this point, however, are holding back from weighing in on the upcoming confirmation, noting that Biden hasn't made his pick. Senator Josh Hawley, which again, like we won't comment on that man, who is a member of the Judiciary Committee and hasn't supported a single Biden judicial nominee, said he's had a good conversation with the White House counsel, but that the extent of Republican influence will only be known once Biden makes his choice. So Hawley said, let's see who he nominates. That will really tell the tale if they listened and if they want bipartisan support. He also said, I said to the White House counsel that I think it's possible to get bipartisan support here if you'll nominate somebody who is pro-constitution, pro-rule of law, judge. And senators on both sides of the aisle aren't expecting a particularly dramatic Supreme Court confirmation, in part because Breyer's replacement won't shift the 6-3 to three conservative tilt of the high court. But it's also the first time Democrats will benefit from a 2017 GOP rules change that allows them to confirm a Supreme Court pick with a simple majority vote. Democrats are also hoping to avoid a situation like the 2020 confirmation of Justice Amy Coney Barrett, aka Handmaid's Tale woman, um, who became the first Supreme Court justice in more than 150 years to be confirmed without the support of a single member of the minority party. So there's the update there. Again, I think like the important kind of point to take away is like, Amy Coney Barrett's nomination time, that was RBG, and even Brett Kavanaugh, those were so heated because I think like this point of like how Breyer's replacement won't shift the conservative tilt at all. So mm-hmm. it's like there's not as much weighing on it, which is important to note here. And that's why you probably, it just hasn't been blasted all over the news like the last two confirmations. But we'll see what happens here. You know, hopefully Biden gets some support. But like, I feel like knowing the GOP there's, I'm sure they have tons of conversations like behind closed doors that, like, might make Biden hopeful that they'll, you know, support him and back him in some of these things. And then the minute it gets into the news and they have to face their base, they always usually change, switch up on, on Biden, I feel like. So we will see what happens here. But Scrotus updates. There you go. Well... I would say that's the end of Scrotus, but we got another Scrotus story. This is actually now a legal <laughs> podcast. Sorry. Yeah. But the headline, the headline involving the one and only Scrotus. So here's the deal. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear a new clash involving religion and the rights of LGBTQ people in the case of a Colorado web designer who says her religious beliefs prevent her from offering wedding website design to gay couples. This just like rings very close to the bakery case if anyone remembers that it's like exactly it's like let me just switch out the product right literally so the high court said tuesday would hear the case of Lori smith the denver area designer and bigot sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) oh fuck i'm not sorry i'm not sorry offers graphic and website design services want to expand to wedding website services but she says her christian beliefs would lead her to decline any request from a same-sex couple to design a wedding website 
She also wants to post a statement on her website about her beliefs. Doing those things, however, would run afoul of Colorado anti-discrimination law. Smith had argued the law violates her free speech and religious rights. The Supreme Court said, in taking the case, that it would look only at the free speech issue. It said that it would decide whether a law that requires an artist to speak or stay silent violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. And the case is expected to be argued in the fall. And Smith's attorney, Kristen Wagoner. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love a good wagon joke. Anyways, Smith's attorney, Kristen Wagner, said in a statement after the court agreed to hear the case that, quote, Colorado has weaponized its law to silence speech it disagrees with, to compel speech it approves of, and to punish anyone who dares to dissent. Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser said the Supreme Court has consistently held that anti-discrimination laws like this one in his state apply to all businesses selling goods and services. Companies cannot turn away LGBT customers just because of who they are, Weiser said in an emailed statement. We will vigorously defend Colorado's law, which protect all Coloradans by preventing discrimination and upholding free speech. And in a two-to-one ruling last year, the Denver-based 10th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals denied Smith's attempt to overturn a lower court ruling, throwing out her legal challenge. And the panel said Colorado had a compelling interest in protecting the dignity interests of members of marginalized groups through its law, the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. So this law that we just mentioned prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and the same one at issue is in the case of Colorado Baker, Jack Phillips, that was decided by 2018 by the US Supreme Court. I also like, yeah, I didn't even realize the Colorado connection Mm -hmm. of those two, but wow, okay, interesting. Colorado wedding vendors, get it together. Like, literally, please. Like, this is just, like, the most ridiculous, like... like step into the 21st not... century and just, just don't. Just stop. Well, this next story... The whiplash. Actually... The, whiplash the whiplash is back. Okay, so what we're going to give you guys right now is, like, literally something that's happening in the moment as we're recording this on Tuesday. So keep in mind, by the time you've listened to this, there could be 5 million updates. So we're going to keep this really top level. Basically... Biden has said that the administrations will levy sanctions on Russian banks and individuals in response to Russian President Vladimir Putin's movement of troops into the eastern Donbass region of Ukraine, calling Moscow's moves the beginning of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Ukrainian President Zelensky urged calm. I, it's the first name. I need to think about it. I need to think about it. No, that sounded right. That's his last who am I? Who am I to say? Zelen- oh, wait, wait. Ukraine, it's Zelensky. Wait, someone. <laughs> Ukrainian President Zelensky urged calm. Kiev and its Western partners are waiting to see whether Russian forces entering the Donstick and Luhansk People's Republics. I'm nice. going to, nice. guys, I will figure that one out. <laughs> nice. I promise. Would try to punch through Ukrainian positions in coming days. Germany said it halted moves to open the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. The EU is imposing sanctions on most members of Russia's Duma and it agreed to a ban on the purchase of Russian government bonds as well as prohibiting trade and new Russian debt on EU securities markets. So A, that's one thing. There is another thing that I do want to use to sort of like explain like what's going on. And Mosh like has like a really awesome breakdown of it and I'll repost it on her story. But basically he kind of like tries to explain like what this like like the mini invasion that now is being looked at as like a full invasion means. And so he says this in like his story. One way for Americans to look at this, pretend Russia is Mexico and the U.S. is Ukraine. This is the equivalent of Mexico funding and arming breakaway movements in parts of Texas among a population of people who speak Spanish, claim Mexican heritage, and want to be a part of Mexico again. By the way, in the scenario, Mexico already annexed New Mexico back in 2014. But back to Texas. You have a decade-long war where the U.S. military fights these Mexican government-armed groups, but the groups maintain control over some territory in Texas. Mexico then puts 200,000 troops on the U.S. border and says U.S. is threatening these groups, even though they are on U.S. territory. In this latest development, the groups would be claiming independence and asking Mexico to recognize these new independent countries within Texas. What likely happens next? The U.S. doesn't recognize these states and continues to fight to take back parts of Texas. Meanwhile, Mexico now has an excuse to invade Texas under the pretense, and this is what's very important, the pretense of helping the independent countries. Mm. So that is that very part interesting. Is, 
right? I was like, oh my God, this comparison, this analogy is mm, chef's kiss. We love a comparison and an analogy. It's just, <laughs> you know. No, that was actually really interesting. But yeah. so I, I will the repost whiplash, that. The whiplash that is this Russia-Ukraine situation is whiplash um but we will obviously be here to answer your questions and update you as as updates come but yeah that's it on that those are our top stories Mm -hmm. just reminder on some housekeeping items because while we're here there is an event in new york city at y7 flatiron we are going to both be there with brian derrick zach from the next 50 and sarah from boat mama and we'll be running through everything you need to know for the midterms while also doing some hot yoga and being healthy and well. So what could be better? Tickets are in the episode description, so go get yours. And also send to all of your New York City friends. Brand Ambassador Program, if you want some resume boosters, political connections, or just a political community of like-minded, amazing, gorgeous, beautiful women, come hang out girlinthegov.com and if you need a summer internship and you are in college and can get college credit then hit us up at girlinthegov.com slash careers to learn all about that internship and it is of interest to you then hit us up all the details are there so i think those are our housekeeping items also go get your four bottles of wine for 29.95 like i'll be mad at you if you don't like that's a deal Mm -hmm. that you need to that you need to take advantage of so that's it for this week good woo toodles Okay. Well, oh. (laughs) It was really (laughs) abrupt. Goodbye. Let's redo that. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.